Welcome to the very first Cleveland Sports Podcast here. My name is Joey Korsnowski, and I'm really excited to get started. So our first episode today is on Browns' season. Um, you know, they, they had a really good season, finished 11-5, and even won a playoff game, almost won a second, came up a little bit short. But overall, I thought it was a very good season, especially compared to what we had in years past. I mean, it was a lot of tough games that we had to sit there and watch, but... I mean, Cleveland football is back, and I mean, I, I think everyone in Cleveland can agree they are excited about the future. They are excited to watch some future games. And I mean, there's really a lot of people that we can, you know, attribute to this. I think first, you're going to want to look at Baker Mayfield. Um, I mean, I think he played his best. His you know, Before this year, he played his best his rookie year. You know, and he started uh, after a couple of games when Tyrod Taylor went down. He had 26 touchdowns this year, 27 his rookie year. I think the big thing to look at this year is that 1.6 interception percentage, which means on 1.6% of his passes were intercepted. Um, I mean, he played really, really great. Eight interceptions this year. Last year with Freddie Kitchens, he threw 21. So, I mean, all across the board, his numbers were very, very good. He's very, very efficient. And this year, his QBR was 72.1, his quarterback rating, whereas last year, it was 54.4. So, again, making big strides this year. And, again, we can attribute some of that to Kevin Stefanski. And even when you watch a lot of these games, Baker Mayfield, he started off a little bit choppy, um, especially that first week against the Ravens, you know, that big blowout loss, 37-6. I mean, that was, or 37-10, I think it was somewhere around there. It, it, it was brutal. Um, and even, you know, after that game, a lot of people were questioning whether he was the franchise guy or not. And even after um, a couple of those games, the Browns were playing some bad teams. They were winning games, though, and Baker Mayfield was playing all right, but then he would face a good team, and he would start to kind of struggle. He would miss some throws. He would, you know, really just wouldn't look good. But then, really, that Odell after that Odell injury, I think he really kicked it in. And, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that Odell injury a little bit later, but, I mean, he really kicked it in after halfway through the year. He really he looked comfortable. Um, he was hitting all of his throws, you know, putting throws in tight windows. And I think the turning point was really, I would say, either the Jacksonville game or the Cincinnati game when o Odell got hurt and then he threw for the five touchdowns. I mean, that was crazy. But then the Jacksonville game when he had Higgins wide open over the middle for a touchdown and he missed him. And I remember talking with a couple of my buddies, and we were saying, you know, and we were just arguing, you know, whether or not he was the franchise guy saying that Keenum would have made that throw and, you know, that he should be benched, maybe. But after that, I mean, he really kicked it in. And I think he only threw, like, two two interceptions since Odell went down, including the playoffs. So, I mean, he, he really did play a lot smarter, play a lot safer. And, again, I think part of that was Kevin Stefanski, you know, calling the plays. Those were absolutely outstanding. I think the biggest thing in terms of Kevin Stefanski was the culture change. Um, he, like Freddie Kitchens, you know, when we hired Freddie Kitchens, I was happy. I think a lot of Cleveland fans were happy. But, you know, he just didn't have the locker room. And you, you really saw that at the end of the year. They were starting to give up. You know, you went 6-10 and 10 under Freddie Kitchens. You bring back a very similar roster, and Stefanski wins 11 games and gets you to the playoffs. And I, mean, I think part of this culture change can also be attributed to Jarvis Landry. Um, I, I remember the video of his first year here in the wide receiver room when he was you know, telling those guys about if, if they're not injured, they need to be practicing. You're not going to get better if you're not practicing. And I think that's really what kicked it in. I mean, Jarvis Landry plays a much bigger role on this team than a lot of people think. 
And I mean, he, when he's on the field, he's one of Baker's more reliable targets. So it's not just off the field. I mean, on the field, he's a leader, he's a great teammate, great player. I love watching him every weekend. So then, uh, back, back to Kevin Stefanski. I, I think the play calling was really the biggest thing. I mean, he knows Baker Mayfield is best with play action. He knows he can't throw the ball 50 times a game. And I think it was the the middle stretch of the year when the Browns played all those bad games or bad weather games after the bye week. You know they played like Houston, um, Philly, the Raiders. I mean the Raiders game wasn't necessarily as good, but he he really he, it was more Baker playing safe because the play calling was pretty safe. You know it, you get into the red zone and you utilize Hooper very well. They pay, paid a lot of money. I think he was a big red zone threat for them. So the, the play calling is really what stands out to me for Kevin Stefanski. He was very creative. He was very safe. You know, I mean, in terms of creativity, you remember against the Cowboys that Jarvis Landry passed to Odell and the Jarvis Landry passed to Baker against the Titans. I mean, it really it really was creative. And, uh, you know, Freddie Kitchens would do that sometimes, but it would be at poor situations and be poorly executed. And in terms of being safe, I think towards the end of the year, you could really rely on Baker Mayfield a lot to throw the ball, and they really did. Um, against the Giants on that Sunday night game. They didn't really run the ball a whole lot. They really threw it a lot. Baker Mayfield was very poised, very comfortable. I just remember, you know, it was it, they weren't blowing him out. It, they had a, lead, a comfortable lead, but it was still rather close. And, I mean, he would just hit Rashard Higgins on pass along the sideline that were absolutely incredible. So, in general, Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield, they work very well. You know, and this was only their first year, and even in a year with COVID where you didn't necessarily get a whole offseason or a whole training camp, you know, I think they worked very well together. I'm excited to see these two um, for the future. So um, the next thing I want to move to is the offensive line. Uh, the offensive line was absolutely outstanding. I remember going into the offseason, you know, the two biggest needs we needed were tackles. I mean, we had Greg Robinson and... I think it was someone else, but Greg Robinson. I remember first game last year, two years ago, against the Titans. He had a bunch of holding calls, and the Browns had like 15 total penalties. I mean, the coaching was terrible. And, you know, our tackles were awful. So now you go out, you spend your first-round pick on Jedrick Wills, who I think was the best rookie tackle that we took. I think that was a steal at 10. Then you go out and you sign Jack Conklin, who was enough to get an all-pro honors. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, and then you also get Wyatt Teller, who probably is the best guard in football. And really, you know, all those run plays with Nick Chubb go right behind Wyatt Teller. And I, I really, I think the Browns have arguably the best run game in football, if not the second behind the Ravens. So I think those three, Wills, Conklin, and Teller, were really, really big. And even J.C. Treader, you know, the center played really well this year. And we did deal with injuries, but guys like Nick Harris stepped up big, especially against the Giants. Um... So I, we we really had he, even Kendall Lamb. I, you know he he kind of struggled a little bit in my opinion. But when Wills would go down occasionally, or even Conklin. I mean Kendall Lamb stepped up, was able to play both sides. Now one thing I uh, I want to say, Jack Conklin allowed a 2.9% pressure rate, which was by far number one in the league according to Pro Football Focus, and he earned All Pro. So I mean he's probably the best right tackle in football. I think that was a very good signing by the Browns part, and I think that that can also attribute to Baker's growth and Baker's success this year. He had a lot of time to throw, and he had a very successful run game to rely on, which sets up play-action passing, which Baker Mayfield was so good at. So, I I mean, Baker's growth can really be attributed to Kevin Stefanski, the offensive line, and part of the offensive line, you know, Bill Callahan, everywhere he goes, the offensive line is great. And, I mean, you know, we used to have Bob Wiley. I, I thought he was pretty good, too. But Bill, Bill Callahan just came in and absolutely 
turn this offensive line around. I mean, you know, Andrew Barry in the front office gave him pieces to work with, and he just took it. And he, I mean, he made one of the best offensive lines in football, which I think really, you know, leads to the, one of the best run games in football. And I, I mean, it re- certainly helps when you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You know, that's absolutely going to help. Now, the next thing I want to talk to talk about is Odell. Now, I, I mean, it seems like all the argument now is you know, either get rid of Odell because he's too expensive and he doesn't produce, or keep Odell because you know what his potential is. Me, personally, I, I'm, I'm, really, I'm, re- I'm really split. Um, you know, I, I, I want to keep him because I think he's, he's a great teammate, you know, especially after that report came out that he was trying to help fix the culture, um, you know, at, towards the end of the Freddie Kitchens year. Um, and he's trying to hold team meetings and get everyone on the same page. I Man, it shows he wants to be here. So I, I think, you know, we can just kind of dismiss any rumor that he doesn't want to be here. He wants to be here. I think he likes playing with Baker. He likes playing with uh, Jarvis Landry. Uh, he, he likes the atmosphere here. He knows we have a winning team here. But, I mean, you can't, you, you can't ignore the facts. You know, Baker threw two interceptions after his injury. Baker was not playing very well with Odell. But then uh, on the same side, on the, on the flip side... You know, you probably don't beat the Cowboys if you don't have Odell, who had the two touchdowns and then that 50-yard rushing touchdown that pretty much won the game. So, I, I mean, you know, and even, I think it was against the Colts, he had that one catch over the middle. That was, it was a bad throw, and he somehow came down with it. I mean, he can make plays when you get him the football, but Baker Mayfield just hasn't been able to do that. And now, and now you, you saw what Baker can do without Odell. You, you take a look at it. Baker's rookie year, he didn't have Odell. He relied on Landry and Higgins. He broke the rookie touchdown record. The interceptions were a little high, but I mean, he, he was he was putting points up. You look at the second his second year, he gets Odell. Numbers are down. Personally, I think that's more Freddie Kitchens. I I, I don't think Freddie Kitchens knew how to use these kinds of weapons. Um, but now this year, you know, you have Odell. He starts to struggle. As soon as he goes down against Cincinnati, Baker throws five touchdowns. So, I mean, you know, pe- people say Baker, there's too much pressure on him to get it to Odell. I, I, I've been thinking about it, and I think I agree. You know, I, I think that a, Odell is, is just such a big brand, and he's just such a, you know, you, you say, he's an icon. You know, everyone knows who Odell is. You're going you're gonna to want to get him the football. And, and you know, th- there was a lot of rumors that he wasn't happy he wasn't getting the football. I don't, I, I don't listen to those. I don't agree with that. I think he's, he understands, especially going into this year, he understands that we're a run-first team. Especially going into the year, we were a run-first team. His numbers weren't going to be great. But he was, he, he was following with that. But now, if you look at, say you trade Odell, you get a couple picks, you get a defense player, whatever. Now you have Rashard Higgins, who you weren't even paying a million dollars this year. It was absolutely incredible. I think Rashard Higgins is a very good receiver. Him and Baker just have an incredible chemistry and connection. Even last year, uh, two years ago, with the Freddie Kitchen year, when they played the Bills, I'm pretty sure Higgins got in for a play and he scored. And it was even the same thing in the beginning of this year, like against Pittsburgh. You know, Higgins gets in, he scores a touchdown. In the very first game that the Browns got blown out against Pittsburgh. So uh, Higgins makes plays. Uh, just Baker knows how to get him the football. Higgins always seems to be open, and he's he's a lot cheaper. I mean, you're paying Odell twenty some million a year, and you're paying Jarvis around the same neighborhood. I think Jarvis is more like fifteen million a year. So I I just don't think paying two receivers that kind of money, especially when one of them isn't producing on the field, I just don't think it's worth it. And you, you know you're gonna have to extend Baker. 
Chubb, and Denzel Ward um, this coming offseason. So they're definitely going to have some uh, some money uh, conversations that are going to have to go around. But my personal take on it, I say you trade Odell. I, I, I think you, you've seen enough. I mean, it, it's it's hard to do because of what Odell's potential is and what can happen if you get him the football. But I just think that it, it it's too you're, you're paying him too much to not produce. And you saw what Higgins did. You're not going to have to pay Rashard Higgins $20 million a year. You could probably give him, you know, in the neighborhood of what you gave Kareem Hunt two years, $13, 14000000 million, if that. I mean, I, I, you know, Rashard Higgins also wants to be here. I, I, though this past offseason, I mean, he said he could have went and got more money elsewhere, but he took less than a million dollars to play for a winning team like Cleveland. It just kind of shows you what he is. So I, my personal opinion... Trade Odell. I think you can try and get a couple of picks for him. Now, what I compare this to is the Antonio Brown trade. Pittsburgh got a third rounder and a fifth rounder. Now, given Antonio Brown was kind of a big head case and no one really knew what you were getting with him, but he was one of the most talented receivers I've ever seen play. And you're kind of seeing that now in Tampa Bay. But take a look at Odell. He's coming off a major injury. Um, He hasn't necessarily produced. He's kind of been proven to be a little bit of a diva, especially in New York. But... I, I think there is still a team such as San Francisco or New England or, I mean, hell, even the Jets that I think would be willing to give up a couple of picks and maybe a defensive player for a big-name brand like Odell Beckham. Um, and then the, the next thing I want to touch on is the defense. I, I, I think the defense this year, there's a lot of there's a lot to talk about here. Um, and I, I think first got to start with the secondary. Uh, you know, I... First thing, cut Andrew Sandejo. I think every Browns fan can agree. Um, he really struggled at the beginning of the year, but towards the end of the year, I think he was all right. Um, I don't think he was really playing that bad. He really wasn't playing, period, as much. But, um, you know, you have Denzel Ward. Um, they, they, there's a lot to address here. I, I think I like what I saw out of B.J. Goods. And yet a lot of these guys, a lot of veterans on one-year contracts, and I, I think that it, it kind of helped. Uh, B.J. Goods, I mean, he, he's a... He's the leader of that defense. After hearing that, man, I, I, I totally agree. I think that he is a guy you got to bring back at least for another year. Um, so I mean, you know, just to name a few guys that are on these one-year deals, you know, you have Carl Joseph, B.J. Goodson, um, pretty sure Malcolm Smith, Sandejo. You know, I mean, that's just to name a few on defense. But I, I think what's going to be big for the Browns is the draft this year. I, I think you know you drafted. Jacob Phillips at LSU. He played pretty well at the end of the year, I thought. Um, I I think in the secondary, the secondary wasn't great. I think Denzel Ward is fine, but you take a look at like week 17 against Pittsburgh. You know they they kept feeding Chase Claypool, but they were picking on Robert Jackson, and that was his first ever start. And they kept you know going at him. So like you know I, people want to pick on the secondary, but I think Denzel Ward is great when he can be healthy. If he can play full season, uh, that's phenomenal. I think he's he's a big difference maker on the field. I think you're going to need better coverage safeties. I like Carl Joseph. He can come down and he can make tackles. Um, he even, I mean, he had an interception against Kansas City, giving Chad Henney overthrew it by a mile. But, hey, man, we'll take it. So, I think that that trade for Ronnie Harrison, absolute steal. I mean, trading a fifth-round pick for a starting safety who made plays this year. I think he had a pick six against Indianapolis. I mean, that's for a fifth-round pick, you can't really beat that. I think in the draft, you want to either get a a corner. I really like Patrick Sertan out of Alabama. I think he'd be a great difference maker alongside Denzel Ward. 
Um, you could either get another linebacker because I think Mac Wilson's got to go. Uh, he really wasn't playing at the end of the year. I mean, I like Mac Wilson. I like the energy he brings, but I just don't think it's worth it. You know, I, he, he's he's kind of a liability on the field. But in terms of linebacker, I think you're all right with B.J. Goodson and Jacob Phillips. I'm sure they'll address, address that position also in the draft. Um, but, yeah, for the draft, I'd go all defense. You know, I don't really think I would draft anybody on offense, maybe a backup lineman here or there. But, yeah, I mean, you certainly don't need a running back. You found the quarterback. And, I mean, this is certainly different from years past where, you know, you had a high overall pick and thinking about taking a quarterback or what big-name guy are we getting. Now it's, you know – how how can we get to a Super Bowl? And I think you do that by drafting defense. You're you're already you're young on defense. I think you can go three positions on defense in the draft. I think you could take a linebacker, a corner. If you're gonna go corner, I'd get a big time corner like I said, Patrick Sertan, or I'd get an edge rusher to go alongside Miles Garrett. I think. Remember, um, Porter Gustin played all right. But I still think you're going to want to try and, you know, get someone else. I mean, obviously, Porter Gustin's not the long-term answer alongside Miles Garrett. But Miles Garrett's great. I think COVID kind of messed him up this year. Um, he had a lot of injuries on defense. But, uh, you know, Miles Garrett said COVID was kind of messing with him all year. So he can come back next year and fully healthy, fully recovered. He's in for a big year. If he didn't miss those games with COVID, I think he would have led the league in sacks. And he'd be in defensive player of the year um, contention. But, you know, hey. It's just one of those things that you couldn't control this year. Um, but yeah, de- defense, draft heavy. I would certainly go either an edge rusher, a linebacker, or a corner. If you're going to go corner, I'd get I'd get one right away. Try and get a big big name one. Although you do have Greedy Williams, you know, I, I'd like to see him play a full season. He only played part of his rookie year, and then you know not at all this year. I I, I was was was, re- was researching it and. I heard he had a like nerve issues in his hand that he might not be able to ever play again or something like that. I you know something like that. I, I would have to look it up again, but yeah, I mean that, that that's absolutely crazy. I I remember, I remember when he played at LSU. I, he he was good. I thought that was a steal in the second round. So I mean, if he can get healthy and he can prove himself, then I think we're going to be in a good position there. So yeah, um, in general, the, I think the secondary is all right. I think you got to bring back some of these guys, especially Carl Joseph. I really liked. I think he can play well in his defense. He can, you know, come up, stop the run. Very similar to what the um, Seahawks do with Jamal Adams, in my opinion. Um, I think you got to let Sendejo walk, and I, I think you, you got to draft all defense, all seven rounds. You got to draft defense, um, straight up. There's really no other way around it. So, you know, uh, that's really all I have so far. Um, I think in general, this was a very successful season for Cleveland. I, I mean, you know, as a Browns fan, after watching countless 4-12, 3-13 years, 0-16, 1-15, I mean, you know, the Hugh Jackson era, e- 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 even the Freddie Kitchens era, you know, yeah, you won six games, which was a step up from two, two years before that, but, you know, you won seven the year before. You won 7-8-1, um, almost had a winning record. Now, I, I think long-term, the Browns are ready to rock. Um, I think Stefanski's going to be here a while. I think they solidified Baker as the franchise guy. I think that you have, on offense, you, I, th- I think you're loaded. Um, at, at quarterback, I think the offensive line is great. you got two great running backs. Um, even at tight end, I mean, you got three guys who can all catch the football, who can all block. You know, I, I have heard the argument that you're paying Austin Hooper a little too much, but I think he's a great red zone, great red zone threat. You saw that towards the end of the year. 
And even, even Njoku, I think he wants to be here too. And Harrison Bryant, I thought, made some plays this year when he got the opportunity to. Uh, but I think the biggest questions are going to be on defense. You know, I, I mean, obviously the, the league now is so offensively based. And, you know, the league wants to see high-scoring games. That's what fans want to watch. But, you know, I, I just don't know if you're going to be able to compete with, like, the Kansas Cities and the Tampa Bays and the Green Bays. And, you, you know, if you don't have a defense. I thought the defense did play well against Kansas City, given, you know, Mahomes went down. But you were holding him to field goals, you know, which was good, I think. You know that that, I mean, that Chiefs game I could talk about all day. I think that they were kind of. They, I mean, obviously, I think they were robbed. That you know Higgins should have had a touchdown there. It was a dirty hit. He Sorensen should have been ejected. You would have got the ball in the one. You know, you were going to punch it in with Chubb. Would have been a game changer. But I think in the second half you did have a chance to win, and you, you didn't. I don't think Stefanski really had his best game there. But you know, what are you going to do? I mean, the Browns made the playoffs for the first time in you know God knows how many years. So I, I think I think this year was a very successful year. I think next year you're going to be contending for the division. And that, that's one thing that really does suck with Cleveland is that they're in one of the toughest divisions of football. I mean, I think Pittsburgh's a big question mark next year. They won't, they started off 11-0 this year, but you know, they were a, a dumpster fire to end the year. The Ravens are going to be good. They're going to beat bad teams. They're going to, I mean, they're probably going to win at least 10 games. And I, I mean... Baltimore is one of the best front offices, one of the best teams in the league, easily. I mean, they're going to be good for years. And then even the Bengals. I, I think Joe Burrow is going to be really, really good. Um, I think if they can get a little bit of defense, they can get some better offensive linemen to protect them. They have the weapons. I, mean, I think they're pretty good at receiver and at running back. I think if they can get a defense and an O-line to protect them, the Bengals are going to be dangerous. They could probably win eight, nine games. So the Browns are going to have to you know, compete in the division and be at the top of their game. Um, this next coming year, I think they're going to play a lot of primetime games, which as a Cleveland fan, that's certainly exciting. You know, I, you know, nothing's better than watching the Browns on primetime football being talked about for the playoffs. You know, I, I think this year was really, really fun. Um, you know, it, it did start off kind of bad with that Baltimore loss, but then you beat uh, the Bengals, you beat Washington, you had that outstanding win against the Cowboys. But I think the big thing is to compete the division. You went 3-3 three and three in the division. And, you know, people say Pittsburgh the last week sat a lot of their starters. I mean, the Browns had a lot of people out too, especially on defense. So I don't really listen to that. But 3-3 three and three in the division, you're going to have to compete with Baltimore. I think it's going to be a big thing. And I really, I think the Browns win the division next year. I think they'll be a three seed behind Kansas City for sure, maybe behind Buffalo, who knows. So... I, good things are coming for Cleveland, for the Cleveland Browns. You know, as a Browns fan, I'm ready to go after all the bad football we've watched. Um, it, it is going to be a good year. It's going to be good years, period, you know, coming up. I think the Browns are going to be good for a while. So that's all I've got for you for our first episode of the Cleveland Sports Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it very much. It means a lot to me. And I'll catch you on the next episode.